Welcome to Get Off the Mic, a hockey podcast by hockey nerds for hockey nerds. Brought to you by the writers from GetOffTheIce.com. Hello there. Thanks for tuning in. I am your host, Mac. And with me, as always, even though this is only the second episode, is uh, my co-founder, Paul Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And joining us this week is not Aaron, because he sucked. Just kidding. Is Gotti staff writer and uh, the unfortunate... Uh, designation of being our token sense fan, Keith. Hi guys. How's it going, guys? Um, so we got a note for our first episode is that our audio was really awesome. So that's <laughs> that's great. But uh, we did want to reiterate that we are practicing social distancing. We are taking this thing very seriously, and the fact that we may sound in the same room is just privy to our incredible editor, who is also Paul. Oh, thanks, Mac. What can I say? I just care about you. Anyway. I don't actually care about you. It is April 25th today. And yeah, have you guys been holding up? Uh, not really doing a whole lot. You know, just trying to write some ideas down for some articles and take lots of naps. That's pretty much the extent of my day. Every yeah, day. Yeah, napping has definitely turned into a bit of a hobby. But <laughs> yeah, I, I can't speak for Keith's nap problem, but... In our, like, get off the ice group chat, Paul's nickname is Nap God. <laughs> His problem with napping is, is, is very extensive. It's not a problem. Well, I, I don't think it's a problem. Other people <laughs> in our not... lives may, may consider it a problem. <laughs> yes. You're just exercising your right. Um, so we're going to start off today with an interesting question. Now, uh, these guys haven't been prepped on this, so give them a sec to think about it. But what is your favorite hockey memory that most other people won't remember? So just a random Ooh. one. Ooh. I'm going to put you on the spot, Keith, because I think you're kind of cute. So Thanks. <laughs> what, uh, what, have you got one off the top of your head or have I hamstrung you here? Uh, I think I got something. Um, this must have been 10 years ago. It was a game, Sens versus Philly. And the main reason I remember it, it wasn't one of those bench-clearing brawl games. It was just the most chaotic game in the sense that both teams were hot garbage. Um, <laughs> in that game, both goalies had been pulled by the second period, and there had been about three or four lead changes. And it ended 7-4 to four with the great Alexei Kovalev putting in four goals for the Sens. Oh, my God. What? And that game was just so... Uh, all over the place such a hot mess I just love that game wow I mean I, that might have mine beat mine is like at least that's like a fun story mine is Wade Redden scored a goal once for the Sens in Buffalo and that was my first hockey game but it was like the 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 crappiest goal ever because <laughs> like he just he took a pass from uh it was a ginger on the Sens at that time I forget who what his name was anyway but he walked into the slot and then it was like, it was a shot along the ice. It beat <laughs> Ryan Miller. And it was so disappointing. Because um, that was when Ryan Miller was on his game. Yeah. I mean, he was supposed to be. So, I mean, that's mine is just a random Wade Redding goal. And Paul, have you, uh, have we given you enough time to think of one? I feel like we just went from a really cool story. to like a mediocre one. And now mine's just going to be a hot mess. <laughs> My, um, mine was I also went to Buffalo to watch a game with like a bunch of my cousins and my uncles 
and it was Buffalo against Calgary, and we were sitting like right against the glass. I just remember Aginla smoked some guy right in front of us. And even though I was like a Buffalo fan at the time, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Because like Aginla was literally right there. And that was, uh, that's it. Just a hit. It's that kind of intensity that places him on my Mount Rushmore. If you don't know what we're talking about, then go see the last episode of Get Off the Ice.com's podcast, Get Off the Mic. Anyway, <laughs> um, so we'll get into it here. So since Keith is, uh, is a diehard Sens fan and we want to make fun of him for that, this is going to be a mostly Sens-oriented episode. Um, so for our hockey news segment, we will be looking at basically all things Sens, um, how they did this past year. They've got two potentially top three picks in the draft and what's going on next year with them. So we'll start off with Keith because you are the resident Sens fan. What did you, what did you think about this year? Well, as a Sens fan and a hockey fan, they're two different takes almost. Cause as a hockey fan, the team was just incredibly disappointing. Like <laughs> I actually got the chance to go to a few games because places were literally giving away tickets and every time I was constantly disappointed with the on ice product like it just seemed like the players knew they were supposed to be bad and it was reflected in a lot of the effort but as a Sens fan I'm kind of happy with the direction that took with the fact that there is now two possibly top three picks coming up whenever the draft happens yeah like they did a great tank um and it it kind of rectifies their their mishandle of last year's draft, um, you know, missing out on it was Bowen Byram that Colorado used with or that Colorado used the Ottawa pick for, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a toughie. But now they're looking. Eric Carlson has repaid them in that in that sense. Um, I honestly, I thought they played competitively. They sucked, um, but I think that was more product of that they were a little void of talent. Like they got, they had Brady Kachuk um, and Duclair. He was, he's pretty, he's pretty good. He had a yeah. hot start. Brown on the first line. Hey, Connor Brown's good. I love Connor Brown, but he was a fourth liner in Toronto and he's now first line in Ottawa. I think that kind of says where their talent level is. But Weird again, flex, they're but okay. <laughs> they're supposed to be bad. So it's fine. Yeah, I think the talent uh, disparity is really showcased against one of their games against Colorado. I think the final score ended up being something like five to one and Colorado really seemed like it wasn't much of a uh, didn't have to break too much of a sweat to put up five goals on them. You know, what's weird is I like I think you maybe both of you remember, but in like in the season, uh, Tampa was rolling because they got off to that slow start and then they had lost one game in like 18 days or something and that one game was like a 6-2 thrashing by the Sens I do remember that that was a lone highlight of this season (laughs) it was just so random like no team could beat them except the team that is second last I mean it's got to be also nice not to be the worst team in the league true true if it wasn't for Detroit this season would be a lot more embarrassing yeah I mean at least you guys have some semblance of a team theirs is just uh, you guys have prospects let's talk about the their uh their farm system a little because you do have a a good number of uh of high-end prospects over there yeah there's definitely good reason to be looking towards the future like even if you look past the top top tier prospects like brandstrom 
there's even more guys to be excited about. Like the one guy who's really caught my eye is Josh Norris, who came over in the Carlson trade. He's been quietly impressive. Yeah, he has he played in the NHL yet? Not, not apparently. Not that that's reflective of anything. He's still so young. He's got so much runway. Yeah, he was a former first round pick. Well, I guess when they say former first round pick, I don't I don't like that because they're still a first round pick. They just they were picked a long time ago. Anyway, that was a that's a sidebar. I'm really I actually and besides his name, um, his actual play is really good. Uh, Rudolph's Balsers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know, like that guy. He's the Latvian kid. He was a fifth rounder, and he just he just plays with a lot of pace. He actually kind of reminds me of what Connor Brown was at that age. Ironically enough, Paul, do you have any insight into uh, some of the farm system? Any pieces that you Honestly, like? Or there's a lot of things to like, and I this might be a hot take. I don't know, but I thought Dorian actually has done really well the last couple of years. Because I don't think that if Dorian had his way, I'm sure he would have probably kept one of Carlson or Stone. But it was about the money, right? And that comes from the ownership. But what Dorian was able to do in the situation he was put in, I think he's done a really good job. For a little context to back up Paul's point, and uh, Keith, you might want to get a little excited. Get some water to calm yourself down or some herbal (laughs) tea. the Sens have three first-round picks, four second-round picks, three third or two third-round picks, and a fourth, fifth, two sixth this year. And they have already uh, three second-round picks next year. In terms of acquiring like uh, future assets, Dorian has been doing pretty pretty incredibly on that front. And I would even be more excited if you use some of those later round picks to try to move up because i feel like at this point it's not about getting numbers into the system they need to get start getting some more high-end talent from the draft yeah now i think that's a bit of a hot take because from everything we've kind of heard about you know the analytics of of drafting nhl players the the consensus is outside of like the top 10 volume is better because you know, the, apparently the difference between like an 11th overall pick and a third round pick is is marginal. And then likewise, four to seven. But I guess that kind of does lend credence to your point that moving maybe that New York Islanders pick along with two second rounders to nab a top 10 spot, which I don't think anyone would do because they've already got two, ten pick, two top 10 picks and then they would just be bitter, um, would be smart. Yeah, I think... With your logic, it works well for some of the higher-ranked teams. Like, look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. They had a whole whack of star power prospects when they were bad, and now they're all coming up and they're stars. But now, you know, they're starting to trade away first-round picks. You want to look more for volume and hope that one of the later-round draft picks comes out to be, like, a Pierre Engvall or an Andreas Janssen. But if you're Ottawa, you just kind of want to get those stars so that you can have a team that's be able to compete instead of taking a chance in the later rounds. So I don't think you need to trade up to a top 10 pick because like you said, they already have two. But like he said, it wouldn't be a bad idea to try and maybe get into like the fourth round, maybe the third round with some of their um, later picks. I like that. All right. Well, I'm going to take the lead here for you guys. We're going to do, I'm on the cap friendly page for the Ottawa Senators, and they have a lot of contracts to sign this summer if they want to keep their players. 
I'm going to throw it to both of you. And uh, as your um, unbiased takes, actually, don't be unbiased. Be biased, please. It's more fun. Um, you'll tell, you'll say whether you think Dorian should resign them. So we'll start off, I think, fairly easy. Uh, Mikhail Bodker. He's 30. He made $4 million this past year. He's a UFA. Yeah, I'm okay if he hits the open market. Yeah, it's not really a big loss for Ottawa. He was yeah. a healthy scratch some nights. Yeah, he was just a cap dump, right? Like He was part of the Hoffman tree. Yeah, but was Ottawa going to hit the floor without guys like that? Probably not. All right, that was a good easy one. Um, Chris Tierney, he's kind of a mystery to me because I honestly, when you guys got him back in the Carlson trade, I thought he was like 28 probably. You got him back and he was 23 or 24. He's now 25. He made $3 million last year and he is a restricted free agent with arbitration rights. I've actually really liked what Tierney's been able to do, especially on the penalty kill and just all sorts of game scenarios where DJ Smith has been comfortable putting him in. So I'd be okay if he re-signs on a reasonable deal. What's reasonable? I like him. I thought he's a good fit there. They They still need players to plug in. And he's young enough that he might still develop. But he could be, at some point, like the veteran guy that could help some of these younger guys when they come into the league. Agreed entirely. And as far as your question, Mac, about a reasonable deal, that kind of is a hard question to answer for Ottawa because, like Paul mentioned earlier, they might have trouble hitting the floor. So his contract might get slightly inflated on a shorter term just so they can get there. Yeah, I think Ottawa should actually employ some tactic like that in order to get good players. If like someone needs a contract in the offseason and they're willing to take a one-year deal, just give them like $8 million because then he'll absolutely come for one year, $8 million, and you can hit the cap floor. You get a pretty decent player out of it. There's no risk because it's a year. I think that's an interesting I, – I, like, so I have heard people talk about that, and I think it's a very cool way to look at things. Um, so I think – you guys would want to keep Connor Brown, so we'll just skip over him and go to Anthony Duclair. 24, he had a wild first half of the season. I think he was top five in goals, um, but yeah. then he kind of, he really slowed down towards the end of the season, but still, all in all, a really good year. He made 1.6 this past season, and he's sure to make a lot more. Yeah, I've been following Duclair closely ever since he got traded to Ottawa in part of that Tortorella just wanting to get rid of him but he's been impressive even if he slowed down a lot after the first half of the year I would definitely want Ottawa to keep him around and see what he can do when the team's actually more talented and more competitive right yeah Yeah. I mean I think that's pretty fair I mean he's still only 24 somehow three or four teams I can't remember how many have already given up on him and that's kind of bonkers to me um we're gonna move on here but not before I get your opinion on Two more, but these will just be quite literally yes or no. Resign to a one-year deal at the same cap that they were just at. So I want both of you to say either yes or no. Ron Hainsey, one year at three point five. Yes, sure. Craig Anderson, one year four point seven five. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I didn't expect both of those to be. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Um, so we'll move on here from the Sens, and we're going to be getting into ice time. So Ice Time is our segment where we talk about one of the articles that was published on getofftheice.com, which is the website that brings this podcast to you. Uh, This week, we're going to be talking about our Seattle expansion draft. So um, in this article, all of the Gaudi staff writers uh, made their Seattle 
expansion draft picks. Uh, so we all collaborated to make sure we had the exact same expansion draft protection lists. And then um, we were given freedom to choose whatever pick we wanted from the available players. Now, some of them are, we all picked the same player, which was nice and easy. Other times there was one <laughs> writer that uh, strayed from the rest. Thank you, Usually Aaron. the same one, yep. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. But we'll be talking about some of the more controversial ones, or not, maybe not so much controversial as split. Um, so one of the first ones, we'll start here with Tampa Bay. Keith, you did the write-up on this one, so we'll give you the floor. We were kind of torn between Ryan McDonough and Tyler Johnson, but there was actually a fair amount of other picks we could have made, including Andre Palat, Alex Kalorn, um, and I think those were really the main ones. Yeah, so... This one really was one of the harder choices I feel like we had to make just because the variety of talent that comes available on a stack team like Tampa Bay. I went with McDonough just because I feel any expansion team is going to benefit from having a veteran player who knows the ins and outs of the league, who can help them develop their younger core. Because as we'll go through with the rest of this draft, we picked a lot of younger players, especially younger defensemen. So I feel like if you have someone like McDonough on the team, that's going to really help out the locker room and helping get those guys adjusted. I really do like that uh, take on it. I went with Tyler Johnson. I was one of those. I think it was Steve and I went Tyler Johnson and Paul, Keith, and Aaron opted for Ryan McDonough. I like Tyler Johnson because I feel like he, he would just be the perfect expansion draft uh, player because I feel like Ryan McDonough already plays high up in the lineup, but John Johnson is Johnson. Sorry, Johnson's getting a little bit suppressed in Tampa in part of, because of all the talent they have. So then you, I feel like you could almost see a sort of William Carlson situation where you know he's shown flashes of talent and then he comes over and just explodes. Like I could see Tyler Johnson being a point game player with Seattle, and Ryan McDonough, to be honest, in my opinion, is a little overrated. So I, I really liked. Uh, Tyler Johnson here um, let's skip over to Ottawa since I mean <laughs> we are having an Ottawa episode all of us picked Connor Brown except for Aaron who picked Bobby Ryan so Paul I'm going to give you the burden of defending Aaron and his Bobby <laughs> Ryan pick oh I wanted to rip him, sorry Aaron as we were drafting the team somehow Aaron couldn't get to the floor <laughs> and we were all baffled by that but he opted to go with a bunch of the younger uh, prospects in hopes of making Seattle long-term better. Um, so he had to pick Bobby Ryan because of the contract that came with it. But giving Bobby Ryan credit, once he came back, he's looked like his old self again. And that could be a really good fit for a new organization. Yeah, I mean, he is just a great story. Well, I mean, what uh, what he went through earlier this year and then was able to conquer. And then that Sportsnet piece came out about his uh, his childhood. It's all pretty harrowing, and he seems like such a genuine guy. But Connor Brown is significantly younger, significantly cheaper. You did a very elegant job of defending uh, our young friend. Um, we'll move on because uh, Aaron's point holds no water. Despite your, despite your great, uh, your great. Uh, I tried. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you did, you did great. I didn't say great enough, so great. Um, but we got Carolina here, so three of us picked Jake Bean, two of us picked Vinny Trocheck. What do we think here? I went with Jake Bean, but 
Vinny Trocek's a really good pick too. This is a tough one because Vinny Trocek is on a good deal. Uh, he's been a proven player. He's great. He's pretty underrated actually, but I don't know. We went with Jake Bean, I think just because the upside. Um, it really depends on if you're the GM of Seattle, where are you taking this team? Do you want to be competitive right out of the gate, even though it might cost you long-term? Or do you want to take some of the younger guys in hopes that they blossom and become better longer, if that makes sense? No, I mean, you actually you actually stole my segue um, because, uh, yeah, it was all really about how are you building your team? I mean, that's how Aaron ends up so far below uh, the cap floor that he has to take Bobby Ryan um, and why Steve ends up, oh, he's $300,000 under the cap. So how did, how did you guys go about this? I, I'll actually start this one off. I wanted to be competitive. I don't know if that was when I was putting myself in the mindset of Seattle, I, I was like thinking about Vegas and how angry all of my fans would be if we weren't competitive because Vegas set unreasonable standards and they suck and I hate yeah, them luck. for that. Um, but like more often than not, when we all disagreed, I was on the side of taking the more established player. So I'm not going to give everything away, but I was one of the ones who opted for Vincent Trocek. Find out who of us took Joe Pavelski, but you'll find out that I was at least one of them. Um, on the Islanders, I also did not pick a prospect despite three of our writers picking them. All in all, I think I just opted for more of a competitive look and to be honest I, i'm not really sure why i figured if it went downhill i could just trade them but this is an nhl 20 so it works a little differently what were you thinking keith yeah i was similarly minded to you i wanted the team to be competitive out of the gate with the asterisks or the expectation maybe that it wasn't going to compare to vegas's first season so more often than not i would also try to get someone who could help the team right away but this is also kind of hampered expectations because I don't assume this team will, I don't know, it'll be a struggle for them to even get to the playoffs in their first year, I think. Agreed. And Paul? I opted to go for uh, long-term, I guess, just because I feel like, not that expansion teams should do that, but it seems almost a little safer because you can tell your fans, like, hey, listen, we're new here. <laughs> We want to be competitive for a long time, and that might mean that we're going to suck for the first couple of years. But Vegas, like you said, put this huge expectation on it where fans are going to be like, well, Vegas did it. Why can't we? So it'll be really interesting to see how they go about it. Absolutely. And I actually think that this Seattle expansion, expansion draft sorry, is going to be closer to reality than any of the mock expansion drafts that Vegas did because Vegas had all those trades and obviously we can't trade but they also ripped off a bunch of teams in those trades and I think jams are going to be a little weary yeah. of making trades with an expansion franchise I mean I hope so <laughs> yeah like don't looking at you Florida you gave them their coach and their top and two thirds of their top line don't <laughs> do that again and the last thing we'll talk about here is the goalie situation because goalies are always fascinating. I remember I was talking with a family member once about uh, the Seattle draft and, okay, it was my mom. And um, she said, you know what I would do? I would take any goalie I could because goalies are a scarce resource on the market. 
So you could, in theory, just flip them. I mean, every team basically needs a goalie. If you're the Leafs, you need a backup. If you're Florida, you need to get rid of that huge contract. But so uh, a quick overview here. We, us three, actually all took the same goalies. We took Chris Drieger out of Florida. The guy, he had like a 924, but I think he's 25. Like he's yeah. he's getting a little up there, so he's not really a prospect. Um, we took Tristan Jari too because Matt Murray was protected. He had a great year and he's still pretty young. And then we took uh, Jacob Markstrom out of Vancouver, who got a couple of Vesna picks on our in our end of season awards. Um, so Aaron and Steve, who couldn't be here today because we didn't want them to be, just kidding, um, <laughs> also picked the same, except Aaron did not pick Jacob Markstrom. He opted for Jonathan Quick because, again, he needed to reach the floor. <laughs> um, but then also... Steve, more leaning towards my mom's theory, took Anti Ranta out of Arizona. You know what? I'm gonna. This is gonna be really weird, but I kind of didn't mind Aaron's reasoning behind taking Quick. What was that reasoning? Since you are now his spokesperson. Yeah, I don't know what happened here. I was so happy to rip him apart on this podcast, but guess that's not happening today. Uh, he obviously part of the reason was he needed to hit the floor. But he did tell us that the reason he took quick was because he reminded him of a flurry situation where he's kind of lost the reins. Maybe a change of scenery might help him uh, pick up his game again. Because if you look at it quick, sure, he's getting up in age, but his play hasn't really slowed down to the point where he's awful. Look at the LA team in front of him. Not good. So maybe him on a new team change of scenery might be good and he could be the flurry of Seattle but it's a gamble that's fair I, I I can appreciate the token I think he's been worse than even his numbers suggest and his numbers are pretty bad mostly because of his backups Jack Campbell before uh before the trade and then Cal Pedersen I think they have done pretty well or pretty well relative to uh quick stats yeah so I mean I think I think that that's an interesting thought. Um, I definitely lean towards more of the younger goalies. But what do you like? What do you think, Keith? If you had the option, you could have taken Anti Ranta. You could have taken Jonathan Quick. You, I mean, we could have taken most goalies, or sorry, goalies from most teams. Is that a viable uh, theory within reason? Like you can't. You got to have a team, right? I think there is definitely some merit to that theory like if you sort of try to corner the market on all the available goaltenders and then flip them for other players that may have been protected or other picks that you want to try to use to build for the future it's not a bad idea because if you make other teams feel like there is a shortage of goalies in the league you could probably play off of that desperation yeah I mean I think that's exactly what my mom was going at so this uh, this podcast is sponsored by Max Mother. Um, <laughs> she loves me and calls me almost every day. All right, we're going to move on here to our new segment, uh, Who Says No? So in this segment, basically what we're doing is we're going to be pulling trades from Cap Friendly. So these are trades that just normal people have made. Some are absolutely outrageous. Some of them are actually somewhat coherent. Um, and I'm going to propose it to the group, and we'll decide which team says no or I mean if any obviously since we are focusing on the Ottawa Senators this episode it's going to be all involving the Sens 
Um, and we're going to start off pretty easy, guys. So this is a trade between the Minnesota Wild and the Ottawa Senators, obviously. And out of Minnesota comes Eric Stahl and defenseman Greg Patteron. No one really cares about that. So it's Eric Stahl. And then going back and coming out of Ottawa is Chris Tierney, defenseman Mike Riley, and a person that I can't pronounce his name, Mikhail Wickstrand. Don't need to worry about him. So basically, we can boil this down to Eric Stahl for Chris Tierney because Greg Patteron and Mike Riley are kind of a wash. Uh, why? I don't understand it. I didn't write yeah, the trade. Yeah, I don't see the motivation here for Ottawa to get rid of Mike Riley and Chris Tierney for an Eric Stahl that yeah. doesn't help them currently. No. We talked about how we both liked Chris Tierney and that he could be a nice piece moving forward. But then if you're moving him out for Eric Stahl, who's already, what, like 37? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, I guess we don't like Eric Stahl on this podcast. Not for Chris <laughs> Tierney, we don't. Uh, <laughs> wow. What about Mark Stahl? Oof. Oh, even worse. Yeah, he's really bad. Um, all right. So that one was an easy one. I think this one will be definitely harder. Um, but I think I'll know what comes out of this. Uh, it's a trade with the Boston Bruins. I already hate it. David Krejci at 50% retained. Person who I cannot pronounce, Anton Blid, uh, presumably prospect. And Sean Corrali. So I think he's 24 and a center. Uh, for half-retained Bobby Ryan and downtown Connor Brown. I think Boston doesn't take that ever. Yeah, agreed. Boston <laughs> doesn't want any part of Bobby Ryan right now, especially for David Krejci. Okay. Well, yeah, Krejci hasn't really slowed down much. Like, he's right. getting up there in age, but, like, it seems like people in Boston, age doesn't count, which is great. I love it. Paul, do you want to take a second here and talk about your feelings? No, I'm okay. <laughs> we won't be able to use it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, these have been a little easy, so I think this one actually might be easy too. But don't worry, the last one will be hard. And if not, I'm pulling up more. Um, so coming out of Chicago, Dylan Strom. Ooh. Um, and going back, 50% retained Artem Anisimov, Rudolph Balsers, and Jonathan Gruden. Now, before you guys say anything, it's because – and the person titled this because they can't afford Dylan Strom. So they, can't, they couldn't afford his new RFA deal after he put up basically a point per game uh, with them. I see. So this isn't a talent one. This is they're trying to get something back. Hence, Anisimov at half retained. You get the decent prospect in Balsers and a, pay, a random you know, chance at an NHL player. And the Raiders head coach. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Gruden. Um, what do you guys think? If, huh. And remember, it is for the cap, right? Because obviously Dylan Strom is the most talented player in this trade. Yeah, I still think Chicago doesn't do that. Yeah, Chicago definitely loses this deal from a talent standpoint 10 times out of 10. But if they are in a tight cap spot and they really have no other options, they might ask for something a little more than this, though. Maybe a second round pick? I don't know. Yeah. I can see it happening, but not as is. Yeah, I was going to say the same. Throw in a pick, maybe, or change bolsters to maybe a little bit higher end prospect. 
But I could also see a team coming in and saying that they can fix whatever's going on with Stroman offering just picks, which will help Chicago even more with cap. But this, I could see this happening, but I think he's right. You have to add a little something on Ottawa's end. Part of the reason I don't see this happening is I don't see Melnick taking in a player that he would have to sign immediately to a big money deal. Sorry, I, we had to pick on Melnick at some point. Yeah, here. yeah. We have kind of skirted around that issue so far. Yeah, we've been very nice, actually, I think. I mean, we're a team. <laughs> For people that don't understand, that's a, a joke about the one time their GM had to say one good thing about their team or one thing they were optimistic about. And he paused for maybe 20 minutes and then said, we're a team. And it was very obvious he was upset. All right, we got a <laughs> flashback here. Ottawa trades with San Jose. Ooh, I don't like it already. <laughs> you know what? I had actually, I had originally looked at this one and then I said, nah, this one would be too easy. And I'm, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if this could be something and I might modify it a little. So Ottawa sends Chris Tierney and goaltender Anders Nielsen. Um, San Jose sends Martin Jones, two first-round picks, and a second-round pick. So it's a cap. Whoa. Dump. Whoa. Say that one more time. So Chris Tierney and Anders yeah. Nielsen, who's a, who, who played quite well this year, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. He was. Um, for Martin Jones, two first-round picks and a second-round pick. Wow. They really want Jones out that bad? Yeah, this was done by a San Jose fan. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this was not an Ottawa fan. I don't know if San Jose is going to want to be training any future high picks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right now because do we really think there's that much room for improvement over the next two years? So that's, that's where I was leaning to. So let me, let me throw this at you. Take away the 2021 first round pick. So now it's a 2022 first and a 2023 second. So you're pushing it pretty far down the line if you're uh, San Jose. But for uh, but you're and you're giving up a little less, but Ottawa, you're still getting a first and a second round pick. And to be honest, a serviceable goalie. Yeah, and I yeah. wouldn't even expect Jones to start. They really like uh, Hogberg in Ottawa, and Anderson might still have a few more years left in him. So. So, but they do have the room to buy him out. I'm not going to worry about Melnick's budget, but. Yeah, I don't know. If Ottawa gets a couple high-end picks out of it, I don't see why not. And you would do that if you're San Jose? I, because I, I even would, if you're going to be bad, but, I mean, you don't really want to be hamstrung to that awful, awful goalie. In how many more contract. years does Jones have? Three, I oh. think. I could be I could yeah. be wrong, but I think it's three. I don't know if it's San Jose. If you're expecting to suck, are they expecting to suck? Like, is that what we're going with here? I mean, maybe, yeah. Because if they're expecting to suck, a like you said, you don't want to be trading first round picks, and b having Jones and Net will make you suck even more. Yeah, I don't think San Jose does this trade. Okay, yeah, sounds good. This one is kind of scary. I don't fully understand it. So this is only picks, and this is – they're trying to change up the top of the draft this year. So Detroit would get Rasmus Kupari 
who's a pretty decent prospect out of LA. Um, the LA first round pick this year and the Ottawa first round pick this year. So hold on, hold on. I know that's crazy. Los Angeles would get the San Jose pick this year. So that's, that's belonging to Ottawa. They would get the San Jose one and a third round pick out of Vegas, which had come from uh, Detroit. And Ottawa would get a fourth round pick and the Detroit's first pick. So what we're assuming here, and this is said in the title, is that Detroit's first round pick is number one. So they've won the lottery draft. Ottawa's pick is number two, and San Jose's pick is number three. So let's just look at this from the Ottawa perspective because the rest of it is too scary. They're basically trading Tim Stutzel and Quinton Byfield for Alexi Lafreniere. Ah. Or Jamie Drysdale. There you go, Aaron. No. Yeah, I, I don't think do that. I'm definitely on your side with this one. I don't think Ottawa gives up two very high picks for one. Like I'm trying to think back at past years and thinking, would I trade two and three for number one? And a lot of the times I don't think I could convince myself to do it. Yeah. I don't think I know Lafreniere is outstanding. And we did talk about this on the last podcast, the difference between Byfield and Lafreniere. We thought it was closer before the World Juniors, and then Lafreniere kind of stepped it up. But I don't see that gap being worth a Drysdale or a Stutzel. I'm with you guys. I thought it was just kind of crazy, and I kind of wanted to just be able to say all those, yeah. all those pieces. Um, and we'll end it off here with even – uh, an even crazier trade. It's again three ways. So it's the Rangers, Sens, and Penguins. Oh, I don't even know where to start here. Um, okay, that's good. So we'll start. We'll start with the Rangers because I think they're probably the most shocking. So they're trading out Henrik Lundqvist at thirty-five percent retained, Mark Stahl, Adam Fox, Lias Anderson. Um, Lias Anderson is a former eighth overall pick who now wants to be traded. And a third-round pick. In, they get Nicholas Paul from Ottawa, Evan Rodriguez from Pittsburgh, Nicholas Almari from someone, I don't know, um, Yuso Ricola from uh, Pittsburgh, and a fourth-round pick. So there, they're basically getting a cap dump, so they have to give Lias Anderson and Adam Fox in order to get rid of the massive salaries of Lundqvist and Mark Stahl. Ottawa, here we go. They're trading out... Connor Brown, Nicholas Paul, Philip Chlapik, who we actually talked about on the last episode, and two fourth-round picks. In, they get Henrik Lundqvist at 35% retained, Mark Stahl, Casper Bjorkvist, who is a prospect out of Pittsburgh, Lias Anderson, Nathan Ligari, Pittsburgh's first-round pick, New York's third-round pick, and Pittsburgh's third-round pick. Whew. Pittsburgh, I'm so sorry to you listening at home. It's, it's, it's hard enough for me to keep up with it, and I'm looking at it. So just, just do your best. I'm so sorry. Uh, Pittsburgh sending out Evan Rodriguez, this guy Bjork, Bjorkvist, Almari, Ricola, Lagare, a first and a third. They're getting Connor Brown, Philip Chlapik, Adam Fox, and a fourth. Whew. So Pittsburgh is getting the good players. Yeah, Pittsburgh is getting the – NHL players that aren't crazy old. Ottawa is getting the NHL players that are crazy old, plus the good young players and uh, all the good picks. 
and New York is getting a lot of cap space. Um, I don't like it for New York at all. Yeah, I think they're the ones who veto this. Yeah, and if they're getting rid of all their high salaries. Yeah, Adam Fox is the the deal breaker there. Yeah, Elias Anderson, I can see using him as uh, a trade piece to make this happen. But Adam Fox has been unreal in his first year, and he's going to get better. Plus, you look at it, so you're saying Mark Stahl and Henrik Lundqvist are the two big contracts going out, right? Yeah. They only have two more years. Does New York really think they're going to compete for a Stanley Cup in that two-year frame? I know they are ahead of schedule in their rebuild, and they – are almost in a playoff spot right now, which is surprising and good for Jeff Gordon and everything he's done. But I wouldn't spend that much of your future just to get rid of two guys who are UFAs in two years. Agreed. All right. Good. I'm sorry for confusing everyone at home. That was an absolutely wild trade. Um, but that was the last of them. So Ottawa gets nobody because someone always said no. So, we are going to move on to our final segment and the staple of the podcast, our trivia. So, I um, was the trivia master last time, but uh, Paul has got his lineup ready. And similar to last time, Keith and I, because we are in love, will be uh, participating alongside each other. We're not going to be competing against one another. So, Paul, you've got the floor. All right. So, as I said last podcast, I'm not very good at trivia. And clearly, I'm not very good at making up trivia either. So, this should be fun. Strategically underselling. Yes. So, today, what you're going to do is give me the most recent first and second overall picks in the last 10 years. Oh, boy. Oh. first, First will be easy, Keith. We got to get second. You want to go most recent to most far away or vice versa? Yeah, I, I think, think it's probably, yeah, it's easier if you guys probably start with 2019 and then move back. Yeah, reverse order will work. Yeah. And I'm not going to give you any strikes or anything. We're just going to see how good you guys how are. How accurate we are? Yeah. So is this hintless? Sans the hints? Uh, I can give you hints, sure. Or really do we have a, a quota? So let's see. There's 10. I'll let you have. Five hints. Five hints for 20, maybe, correct, maybe, right? Because it's two yes, players? Yes, technically okay. math, yes. All right, Keith, we got this. All right. So 2019, Jack Hughes and Capo Caco. Not going to lie, Ooh. I had blanked on 2019. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really good. good. Start. Yes, that is correct. All right. Um, 2018, Dolan was one, right? Yeah, yes. and then Svechnikov was two. There, you there go. we go. 2017. Who was one? Was that the Nico Nolan year? Uh, hold on. Okay. It was so Jack Hughes, right? Then Dolan. Was it? I think it was the Nico Hersher Nolan Patrick year. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to cut you off. It was. Okay. And you oh. said it in the right order. Because that was the weird year where Patrick was ahead for like the entire season and then the last month sick, or so right yeah well that guy's injury problems already is tough he had a pimple infection yeah and now he has concussions 
symptoms. It's uh, chronic migraines, yeah. which is just awful. Yeah, which sucks. He's only, what, 19, 20? Yeah. Oh, yes, you are correct. It was he sure Patrick. Okay, Keith, carrying On a roll. I've been paying attention to the draft recently. It happens. All right, you have to get the next two. Matthew's line A. Easy, yes. Oh, boy. Correct. McDavid Eichel. Yep. This is where I started to falter a little bit, even trying to remember myself. So we're at 2014 now, right? You're at 2014, yes. Okay, so Keith, I think we should outline who we know number ones were, because then we can just like figure out their years from there, right? So like in this area, we've got Mac McKinnon, sorry. We've got Ekblad. I think Ekblad was after McKinnon, right? No, he was before, I'm pretty sure. I think this is a weird memory association, but I think McKinnon was 2013 and Eklad was 2014, just because 2013 I was still in high school and I remember McKinnon being drafted then and 14 was my first year. And I think that was Eklad. I don't, I, I worry that, I don't think Eklad's right before McDavid. Like, okay, I don't know. That feels weird to me. I feel like Price getting... was the year before McDavid, right? Yes. And so, he was three, which means... And who was one that year? I think that was Ekblad. Sam Reinhart was two. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Ekblad oh. and Reinhart? Ekblad and Reinhart. Final answer? Yeah. <gasps> that is correct. <sighs> it was Ekblad, Reinhart, and then Dreisaitl. And then Sam Bennett. Yes, which, did you read that story the other day? And then Dal Cole. No, uh, no, what story? So, apparently, when, I don't remember who the GM of Edmonton was at the time, but when they chose Dreisaitl third, uh, Brian Burke and the Calgary Flames were high-fiving each other because that meant Sam Bennett slipped, and Edmonton was like, did we miss something? And they started panicking. <laughs> and now look how it turned out. <laughs> I think they're pretty happy with it now. Yeah, so that's my little tidbit for you. Not nah, dry saddles of scrub. Trivia. Oh, wow, that is a hot take. <laughs> All right, so you're on 2013 now. Mac Daddy and the Bark Man. That is correct. I'm glad you pulled McKinnon up. McKinnon and Barkov. I did not remember that. Um, 12 is I, – I know 12 because we were doing the redraft prep stuff. And so that's uh, Hammer and Nail Yakupov. Oh, God. Yeah. And uh, Ryan Murray. That is correct. The infamous 2012 draft. Loaded with talent up front. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really intrigued for, like, who is the best player out of that draft because I don't think it was anyone in the top, like, five. No. So, 2011. Okay. I know 2011's top pick. It was Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Who and was, that was second? Gabriel Landeskog second. Because wow, there's some... Whispers around then that Ottawa might move up to grab Landiscog, but they ended up with their other Swede that they traded away as advantage at. Wow. Keith is absolutely clutch. You guys are crushing this. All right. Clutch Corbett. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right, 2010. Yeah. Infamous. Taylor Tyler. That is oh, correct. Right. Okay. All right. Since Taylor I had Hall a feeling, since I had a feeling you guys would blow through that, I have 
the next three as well, if you want to have a go at it. So 2009, 2008, 2007. 2007, Mac, I know you're going to get. but Yeah, I know 2007. Because <laughs> this kind of leads into another series we're putting together very shortly. But start with 2009 and work your way back. Okay, 2009 so. JT? Yeah. Who the heck was after JT? I mean, I don't oh, know. I think that was um the Tampa Tampa defenseman Hedman. Oh, I think you're right. Wow. Wait, <laughs> okay, yeah. Yes, you are correct. Okay, and three. Who was three that year? Three. Oh God. Um. Yeah, clearly I should have made you do top three. I mean, we can go back and try the third for each year. If we'll we see how we don't ruin our streak. Um. Um, I want to say three was Duchesne. Yep. I think right? you're right. It was. Oh, my God. Keith. Madman. All right. We got 08. That's Stammer Doughty. Yep. And who – all right, Keith. Let me see your magic for three. Oh, God. Um, Come on. This is, we're I pulling a slump dog I remember was heavy on defense. Yep. Oh, it's Petrangelo. No, no, he's fourth. No, 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 it's not. Petrangelo was fourth. Sorry. Yep. Petrangelo was fourth. Um, this is a bad one. Oh, like he didn't turn Branson? out too well? No, that's later. Uh, he's an NHL player. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us the drafted team? Like, who drafted him? The Atlanta Thrashers. Oh, God. Zach Bogosian. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's lock that And then the lovely – yes, it was Zach Bogosian. And he was drafted lovely... 12 spots above Eric Carlson. <laughs> yes. That is Weird flex. And Toronto drafted good old Luke Shen. Weird, weirder flex. Yep. Okay. So, well, 2007, you know. Um, Keith, I'll let, you, I'll let you go for this. Um, but while oh, you think, God. check out our new redraft series. We released the first installment. It's the 2007 redraft. Um, written by yours truly. I wrote it while eating a coffee crisp, and that is apparent throughout. Find out what I'm talking about by checking it out on the website. All right, so Keith, I know through, well, I mean, I know all of them, but I mean, this one was a, it, it was a pretty wild redraft because it, it really did move a lot. 2007 had a ton of talent, but not right up front. Um, 2007. Was it Kane? Yep, that was number one. Okay, okay. I think I've got it then. It was JVR and Turris. Yep. The next two, but I can't remember the order. Was you Turris said it two? No. Turris was three, JVR was second. JVR. Oh, okay, yeah, I had that mixed up. Wow, you guys are impressive. Yeah, and uh, I think second in my redraft there is Jamie Ben, and he felt a fifth the fifth round because he's a bait he was a baseball player too so that i mean there there could have been better top threes yes all right we still have a bit of time here keith so do you want to try your hand at getting the thirds in the years that we didn't try uh we can give it a shot yeah okay so we need 2010 oh this was already a mistake <laughs> yeah why did we agree to this um Okay, wait. So 2019, it was Jacques, and then Capo Caco and Capo Capo. Thank you. Oh God. Oh. What? Aha. Uh-huh. Wait. 
What? Hey, Mac, want to not agree to do this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Drafted team? Chicago. Ah, uh, Kirby Doc. Yep. Okay. 18 was Dolan, Svechnikov, Kotkaniemi. No, not Kotkaniemi. Yeah, it was. Yep. Ah. Oh. Because it was. Tuchuk was four after that. Thanks, Dad. Got you. <laughs> uh, 2017. That was Nico. Oh, it was Heiskanen. Heiskanen was third. Yep. 16. Dubois? Yep. 15 was Strom. 14. Yep. Right, do you need me for this? or? <laughs> <laughs> well, I need you for 14 because you had your Slumdog Millionaire moment. Um, <laughs> it was Ek- So we decided it was Ekblad. Reinhardt, and then it was Dreisaitl. Oh, right. Yep. Yeah. We had already done that one. 13 was Drew in because Seth Jones infamously fell to fourth for some reason. Draft into play center. Good call. Um, then Yakupov, Ryan Murray. Um, Was it another Reinhardt? You give it a go. I remember this is the year Morgan Riley went to the Leafs at five, right? I believe so, yes. Yes, it was. And I think, I want to say Griffin Reinhardt, but I'm not 100% on that. Is that your final answer? Mac, anything to add? No, I'm with you on this one. Yeah, let's walk it. You were very, very close. He was fourth. Oh, Alex Galchenyuk. Oh, Galch. Number three. Right. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> 2011? So you have 2011 and 2010 to do. So that was, what was 2011 again? It was Nugent Hopkins and Landis Cog. And then it was. Hit me with it. Rain Man, come on. Huberto? Yep. You're so smart. That is correct. And then Taylor, Tyler. (laughs) And this one's good. Good Branson? Yep. (laughs) Oh, God. I was just about to say Florida did really well with their top picks, and then I saw this and was like, ah, <laughs> maybe not. Oh, that was a good trivia. Yeah, I mean, the draft is always fun to look back at, which is why we're doing the series on it. Wow, yeah, I didn't realize that Keith was the secret draft man. Yeah, he should be a scout. Yeah, I can definitely remember things. <laughs> and I think we have the name for the podcast, too, Secret Draft Man. <laughs> but... <laughs> uh that is all the time we got here today do you guys have anything else to add no i thought this was a good one yeah this yeah, was, it was a, lot a fun, of fun time thanks for having me oh well yeah we we like having you you're fun and nice <laughs> and cute um but yeah thanks for tuning in guys uh catch our new episodes they're coming out uh, every monday and yeah we'll talk to you next time see ya bye see ya. be sure to check us out at getofftheice.com Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at GetOffTheIce.